Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Richard, let me ask you the final play. Take me through it. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. Or you're on the center for you real quick. We talked about that a lot, man. How many years ago was that? 20 what? It was uh, 2013. 2013 when the 49ers were good and the uh, Seahawks were good. And uh, and, and that's the a, Seahawks were better. And that's the first time we ever became aware of that young man, uh, Richard Sherman. And, uh, and that got a lot of attention because he came off to some people rather thuggish. And then it became a, you're only calling him a thug because he's black. And blah blah blah, and then it then then the story was: look, he's actually a very well-spoken man. He's got a degree in this, and he blah blah blah. He's very bright and thoughtful. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff is true. Yeah. But I, I remember that controversy at the time. It was a very big deal because he came off at the end of that game as a wild-eyed, crazy person. Well, that's seconds after he just broke up a pass to win the game. I mean, I just I remember it was funny because I couldn't understand what he was saying. Hello, please. He was talking so fast. He clearly was bad mouthing Mister Crabtree. And she said, who are, you, who are you talking about? Who didn't believe you? <laughs> Her tone of voice was exactly like that one opponent saying, uh, polls, some of them, all of them. <laughs> anyway. When confronted with a crazy person. He's been arrested now for breaking into his girlfriend's home? Felony burglary domestic violence. Yeah, I haven't really been following the story. I just saw the headlines. Yeah, well, he's one of the biggest stars in football, and he's played for the. Uh, uh, he went from the Seahawks, they played for at the time, to the San Francisco 49ers, and he's been in a number of Super Bowls and that sort of thing. Or to appease um, uh, haters of both teams, he went from the Seahawks to the 40 Winers. <laughs> wow. I remember those were the epithets back in the day. Wow. So we don't usually do this sort of thing. We've got the 911 call, and I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Horror porn or taking the worst moments somebody's having in their lives and, uh, you know, listening to them or whatever. But I'm told, I haven't heard this, I'm told by producers that uh, th- th- there's uh, there's newsworthy reasons to listen to how the operator handles this call from Richard Sherman. Well, from his girlfriend, wife. 911, what are you reporting? I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and blue. What is he? Stop. Stop. Are there he any is, weapons? Stop. We, are there we any took, we took, to no, me. there's no gun. I'm, I'm saying there are no weapons, ma'am. There are you no, there are no weapons. Wow, okay, already, 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 already. Already I'm having trouble with this. What's with your tood there, lady? You obviously have got somebody who's very scared and upset. Don't go with a stop, stop, stop. What? Mile. How often have we heard these nine one one calls, and the dispatcher person is terrible? A, is terrible. <laughs> yeah, in one way or another. I'm yeah. sure that job wears you out. I'm sure ninety nine percent of the calls you get every day are either crackpots or old cranks. There's a cat in my yard every day. This cat walks through my yard. I'm sure you get lots of those. <sighs> what can you give me a description of the cat? <laughs> Well, right, but you've got to be trained or, or know intuitively to say, 
ma'am, there's certain key pieces of information we need to go through quickly, so keep your answers short. Here's the, you know, you've got to explain to someone who's terrorized why the call has to unfold. Uh, stop. Stop. Her You're drunk, right. her Terrible. drunk uh, violent husband's trying to break into her house. Anyway, let's get back to it. And I need to get officers expedited. I need officers here now. He's, he's being aggressive. He has sent text messages. He's trying to leave now in the house. He's being aggressive. He's wrestling with my uncle. He's threatening to kill himself. He has sent text messages to people saying he's going to hang himself. He, and he's saying that if the police show up, that he'll try to fight them. He's pulling out now. He's trying to leave. What kind of car? It's, a, is it's a 2016 black Mercedes. Okay. He's not going to be able to get out the gate. I cut it off. What do you mean you cut it off? I cut the gate. We live behind it. It's, it's Richard Sherman. Like, ma'am, I need officers hey, here listen now. Listen to me. I'm handling this. You need to stop telling me that. And how much has he had to drink tonight? Two bottles. Two bottles of what? Now, a vodka now. and Hennessy. Okay, hard alcohol. It's alcohol. He's intoxicated. Okay, sir. I'm only going to talk to one person, so please put the phone down. Oh, my God. Okay. Oh, my it's God. I want to fight this woman. Quit with the tood. Can't wow. you catch on that this is like the people in real crisis here? Just have some empathy. How, how many how many drinks has he had? I just told you he's friggin' intoxicated. All right? This is not the trial. He's leaving now. What kind of car? Oh, I'm sorry you're so bored with this. You got other things you need to do? What the hell? That, per- that person needs to be fired today. Let's hear the end of it. Hey. Okay, I'll let you off the line. The officers have the information. Okay, that was the end. She needs to be fired today. You're, you know, maybe you started out, you were great at your job. You've done it for too many years. You're no longer capable of having any empathy for anybody in a crisis. Along, along with, I don't, I don't, I don't think he did a good job just of the function of your job of like getting the information and to have a little empathy for crying out loud. This woman's scared to death. Yeah. Yeah, just some of the, I don't, well, I understand she needs to get the facts to to guide the response, but, and they left out some, obviously, they edited out addresses and stuff like that, but, yeah, that's rough. There are some gigs that there should probably be, like, three or four jobs people rotate in and out of. You know, it's like uh, they don't have the the people, uh, well, granted, this is mostly phony, but at the airports, uh, looking at the scanners for bombs, they rotate those people in and out pretty quickly because after a while, you can't pay attention anymore. Um, And I wonder if that sort of gig ought to be similar. All right, now now you're on the Parks and Recreation crew for for two months, and we'll see you back in October. Yeah, you know, I haven't done the job, and maybe it wears you down, but I would think you could get the way she is there about the old lady calling about the cat or the the person that you know is angry because they uh, didn't get their fries so they're calling 911 mm-hmm. i would think you you know okay so now you've got a toot about that but if somebody calls up who's somebody's breaking into their house and being violent you'd think you could turn it back to okay this is important here's a person in a crisis i need to be worried here yeah Nothing. what kind of car Oh, so I saw you seem really bored and annoyed by this. Were you texting your friends or watching TV when you, get, when you got called? Or what the hell's going on there? That's yeah. weak. Really weak out of a public servant. We're paying you. And then he's wrestling the poor woman's uncle. <laughs> you can't have that. Oh, uh, that was a more serious aspect of this, though. Uh, it was suggested to us off the air by one of our crack production crew that... Um, that seems very similar to uh, some incidents involving the San Diego Chargers uh, star, one of their greatest stars in their history, Junior Seau, who had a certainly traumatic brain injury 
and his behavior became more and more erratic, uh, violent, suicidal, lashing out, and he ended up taking his own life. And as as you know, it could just be a guy who had a very bad night, got into an argument with his wife. You know, I could imagine it being not horrible. It was just a bad night. On the other hand, he is a really thoughtful guy um, and very bright, and it, it's that's really erratic behavior. Well, if, if somebody's talking about killing themselves, that can go a variety of ways. Uh, as we all know right. from reading the newspaper, it often uh, they take somebody with them. Yeah. Yeah, now he's had a long career. He could absolutely have some serious neurological issues. How about OJ? Sure. Bashing his head in all through high school and four years of college back when they used to do that in all those years? Damn! Ended up with an explosive temper. Yeah, like a lot of these players do. Guys that were, you know, just mentioned Junior Sayar, who were kind of... You know, sweet, kind, well-liked people, and then by the end, they were they were they were angry, short-tempered, violent people. Yeah, and there's a long list of those guys too. Yeah, and then enough. We all know that plenty of uh, the athletes, particularly in the NFL, start as short-tempered, angry people. And then, so what does that do to them when they bash their head over and over and over again? Yeah, yeah. Well, we wish the Sherman family well and hope they can uh, patch up their differences and. Boy, that was a disappointing performance from that 911 officer. It's one of those things like you, most of us never call 911. And if you ever have to, you, it's, it's up on the TV right now. They're handling it on uh, CBS News. Um, y- you would hope that if you ever call 911 and you're in the biggest crisis of your life, that you get a little more compassion than that out of the person you talk to. Yeah, the only reason my criticism is softer than yours, I think, is that the call is clearly edited. And I don't know what was edited out. Okay. You think it might have been edited to make it her look worse? Well, no, I'm just saying it was clearly edited because nobody ever discusses uh, an address or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know to what extent it was edited and, and what I'm missing. It's very charitable, but you're that kind of guy. It's my hallmark. That's your hallmark. Charity. That, in fairness and, and, and accuracy. <laughs> I have several hallmarks. <laughs> And yelling at the staff. <laughs> and, and yelling at the... If I need your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. <laughs> I have a closet full of hallmarks. I uh, take them out as I need them. So MIT predicted the end of civilization. I've dug into this a little bit. Because <laughs> we seem to be on track based on the prediction they made a long, long time ago. Right. Right. They Well, they suggest that it's pretty soon... Uh, way back in the 20th century, and they said, yeah, we're sticking with that number. New Gallup numbers out on how we feel about various institutions. A couple of big institutions took a hit. Hmm, what institution <laughs> really failed in the last year and dropped uh, nearly double digits in one year? Hmm, think about it. Rhymes with schmools. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the thing that rhymes with schmedia. <laughs> That didn't help either. Or the uh, Schmeff B.I. <laughs> oh, jeez. All that uh, on the way. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am firmly and unequivocally in the camp of, of Free Britney. <laughs> That's Ted Cruz. <laughs> um, I can't tell if people are actually interested in the uh, the legal realm of conservatorships 
or if it's just a cover for the fact that they're following the Britney Spears story and anybody, you know, most people are embarrassed to say that they're covering the Britney, you know, paying attention to what's happening with Britney because it's Britney and, and had, have to make up a reason for it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is a pretty good story. I mean, even if you're unserious about it, giant child star, then giant star is declared crazy and has to be taken care of, yet still sent to work. Assigned a lawyer by the court who's supposed to look out for her, and it now seems was not looking out for her best interests at all for all these years, including forced birth control. You know, forced to work, no control over her money and her kids or dating life or anything like that. All these years, she's a 40-year-old woman. And uh, so they got rid of her lawyer, and she's getting a new one. And I think now we're going to find out that her lawyer was, I don't know if she's getting paid or if he was just a scumbag or what. Uh, So now another weird twist. And I saw some of the people, anytime Britney's in the courtroom... You have all these people show up with their signs and their music, and it's a, the free Britney festival going on. Echoes of uh, the Jacko trial. Yep. You remember that? Michael, we love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and he danced on top of the car. Uh, the, God damn. They don't want to give me credit for anything. I hope neither one of my kids ever end up at a free Britney rally standing outside <laughs> the courthouse. I, did, I took work off today, Dad. I want to be here to support Britney. Son, the hungry, the handicapped, uh, spay and neuter pets, anything, anything but this. Make find a better cause. Do you remember Representative Matt Gates of Florida? He of uh, perhaps trafficking seventeen-year-olds. I don't know for that to happen or not. He just didn't file the right paperwork and tried to claim Tucker Carlson was in on it or something. And Tucker said, "I don't remember that." But anyway. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. You remember, Tucker. We went out to dinner together. You, me, the child. What? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> Matt, lying creep. Matt Gates was at the Free Britney rally for some reason. What? There were grifters in this process that tried to act like they spoke for Britney, that they knew what she wanted. Well, now the whole world knows what Britney Spears wants, and it is the freedom and the liberty that should be offered to every single American. Free Britney. And it's- Hey, uh, aren't you a, aren't you a congressman from Florida? Uh, she's a little old for him. He likes him around uh, 18-ish, ish, uh, a little more Matt Gates. But one thing we can all agree on is that Jamie Spears is a dick. Wow. Any more decisions regarding his daughter. She is nearly 40 years old. She should make her own decisions. He's speaking of Britney's dad, who is really does seem like a he's the villain in this whole thing. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I did Matt Gates did he think there'd be young chicks there and he'd meet some? Is that it? Because that does, seems to be his main thing. Does he pass the hat when he's done or what? I mean, moving from disgraced congressman to ad hoc Britney Spears advocate. I mean, is there money in that? <laughs> what What is he doing? What, where was the hearing? Wasn't it L.A.? Uh. I don't remember. This most recent one, I don't know. Alex, do you know? Uh, The most recent hearing was in L.A., but I think there was kind of like nationwide sort of. But it wasn't in Matt Gates' district in Florida. There are free Britney rallies popping up all over the place, Joe. Like the Tea Party movement. (laughs) It's a lot like it. (laughs) Um, A couple of our institutions took a hit in the last year. Which ones didn't? Positive or negative view? Most of them did. Okay. In the last year. Jeez, a whole bunch of people went down a little bit. 
No, well, sure. I think we're just in a sour mood. I know there are some pundits that believe the crime, the the, the all kinds of different things, the people fighting on airlines, just the, the the divorce, just all there are all kinds of things that are just the pandemic made us crazy. I I buy that and negative at least to and, some extent and yeah. angry and yeah. Uh, criminal justice system went down uh, four points year to year. Supreme Court four, banks five, uh, small businesses five. That's funny. If people actually paid attention to the Supreme Court, you'd think it would have gone up since all the boogity boogity stories about the new justices haven't come true at all. Medical system took a, a seven-point hit in approval rating uh, in the last year. But who took the biggest hit of all? Almost double digits. A nine-point drop for, ladies and gentlemen, public schools. <sighs> Well-deserved. Approval rating for public schools down to nine. Well, I'd say well-deserved, and I hope that can. I, th- I hope that's more of a waking up to what they really are and it continues sort of trend. Well, certainly since the unionization of schools, they have, like all bureaucracies, moved from a purpose to protecting the bureaucracy. Their main priority is protecting themselves. Not talking about individual teachers. Obviously, my son had so... Uh, every teacher he had in the public school is fantastic. Really liked them all. Mm-hmm. That, that's got nothing to do with the overall public school thing at this point. Uh, yep, I would agree. I'm sure they didn't poll on teachers' unions uh, specifically, but if their regard hasn't dropped by 50%, it's only because people aren't paying attention. God, one would hope. Starting to wear masks again in various parts of the country. Other things to talk about. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Everyone's waiting to see you what are you reporting? I need officers to my house now. My husband is drunk and blizzard. What is he? Kill himself. Stop. Stop. Are there he any is... weapons? Stop. We, are there we any... took... We took to no, me. there's no gun. I'm, I'm saying there are no weapons, ma'am. There are you no, there are no weapons. You need to stop interrupting me so I can get the information I need to get officers. Uh, expert. Okay, so that's the uh, 911 call Richard Sherman had broken into, gone into, who knows, you know, allegedly broken into his uh, wife's home there and... Uh, that's become a thing. You know, one thing that annoys the hell out of me about the dispatcher's performance is how can you not recognize that it's a cell phone conversation in which there's a bit of digital delay? We all deal with that all the time in our lives, and so you're talking over each other because of the delay. We got a bunch of texts about this. Um, regarding Sherman, I follow him on Instagram. He was playing with his kids earlier that day. It's so sad. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there, but, you know, you could be playing with your kids and then get drunk or who knows what. I don't have any idea what happened. As, as to the dispatcher's performance, which has gotten a fair amount of attention, I found my mom on the floor. Uh, she had a bad back. She'd been there for days. Well, wow, that's rough. Oh, my. ER lady doc gave me the same attitude as I complained about my mom getting uh, uh, getting food. She sounded just like that 911 operator. Reminds me of when I was driving in Berkeley and saw what I thought was a woman being kidnapped. The 911 operator seemed very skeptical as if I had to prove to her that what I was seeing was real. Um, I was in charge of a uh, dispatch, law enforcement dispatch center. Uh, Once, it doesn't take long for dispatchers to become jaded with the public. Her attitude is not uncommon, unfortunately. I'm I'm not shocked to hear that at all. And then we got a fair number of these. The dispatcher has one job to dispatch the correct people with the facts. It's not to provide empathy to a woman freaking out. Okay, well, you could you could get to the facts. You can interrupt people with a, ma'am, 
ma'am, I, I really want to get the information so I can help you. Or you can say, ma'am, ma'am, please stop talking. I mean, those are both the same thing and accomplish the same thing. Yeah. You don't need to have the tood to do that. Yeah, I just think that job is uh, made for oh, burnout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. doubt it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the world of work, a couple of tales of woe that you probably ought to hear. The first one is written by the fabulous Barry Weiss uh, in Substack. It's about a woman by the name of Maud Marin, who Barry writes, if you Google bleeding heart liberal, she might well turn up to be the first hit. Excuse me. Uh, every cause liberals are supposed to fight for, every group they're supposed to champion, every candidate they're supposed to support. That was Marin's not so atypical life and career until recently. And uh, they they do the bio. She uh, she grew up progressive, went to a, a liberal wa- law school. Her dream was to be a public defender. Her career was as a public defender. Among her uh, professors was a former Black Panther uh, who called her an excellent research assistant, etc. Joined the Legal Aid Society, representing the most disadvantaged people in Manhattan. Uh, took a couple of years off to have a couple of kids, then went back to work. Um, she says, for me, being a public defender is more than a job. It's who I am. She has an immigrant husband, etc. She served on the school board, blah, blah, blah. Um, so died in the wool lefty. She is now suing her employer, Legal Aid Society, and her union for discrimination on the basis of race. And it claims both defendants published knowingly false statements in furtherance of ideological and uh, political motives, blah, blah, blah. In other words, it says she was forced out of her job because of her political views and her race. And here's what happened. She said, quote, none of this would have happened if I just said I loved books like White Fragility, and I'm a fan of Bill de Blasio's proposals for changing New York City public schools, and I plan to vote for Maya Wiley for mayor. The reason they went after me is because I have a different point of view. Um, I'm very open about what I stand for. I'm pro-integration. I'm pro-diversity. And also, I reject the narrative that white parents are to blame for the failures of our school system. I object to the mayor's proposal to get rid of specialized admission tests to schools like Stuyvesant. And I believe that racial essentialism is racist and should not be taught in school. This did not sit well with her colleagues. Okay. Woman dedicates her life to defending mostly minority people um, for free. Legally, um, as soon as she made it clear that she was not down with um, some of these things, they came for her hard. A former colleague said it was the it's McCarthyism. That's the only word to describe it. But like all the others uh, Barry Weiss spoke to, the lawyer requested anonymity out of fear of professional repercussions. Now, long story short, as soon as those conversations were had. Um, and, and, and I should point out that they had to go through all the, uh, white supremacy training like uh, Raytheon has recently. We're going to try to work that into the show at some point today. And she rejected some of it. That's when things at work blew up. Three days after she published the piece saying she objected to all this money being spent on racialism training in schools that were just starved for funding. Three days after she published the piece, the Black Attorneys of Legal Aid Caucus put out a lengthy statement saying that Maud Marin has no business having a career in public defense and we're ashamed that she works for the Legal Aid Society. Maud is racist and openly so and offered no evidence to back up the charge. It said that this veteran public de- defender was, quote, prominent, a prominent opponent of equality and a classic example of what 21st century racism looks like. 
She is one of the many charlatans who took this job, not out of a desire to make a difference, but for the purposes of self-imaging. She pretends to favor integration while fighting against it and denying the existence of racism in education. Ah, ah, that's an old one. We've seen that one before. If you say, whoa, I think this retraining in some of these books are crazy, you're denying the existence of racism. Um, and they started to say she was terrible at her jobs, even though she'd won all sorts of awards. Um, she was run out of her job because she dared stand up, and she died in the wool lefty. And, uh, you know, I could go on and on with the praise about how great she was and how her entire career, her entire life speaks to uh, lifting up the downtrodden. And then you have this uh, piece written by a middle school teacher. I'm a middle school teacher and see how critical race curriculum is creating racial hostility in school. I've been a public school teacher for the past 22 years, won all sorts of awards, etc. Uh, I've always tried to provide the best education for my students, uh, most of whom are students of color, goes through more awards. I love being a teacher. I care about my students, etc. This past 2021 school year was sad and worrisome and a turning point for me as an educator. Providence, uh, Rhode Island, K-12 through K through eight teachers were introduced to one of the most racially divisive, hateful, and in large part historically inaccurate curriculums I have ever seen in my teaching career. Yes, I'm speaking about the controversial critical race theory that has infiltrated our public schools, etc., under the umbrella of culturally culturally responsive learning and teaching which includes a focus on identities. You don't see the words critical race theory on the materials, but those are the concepts taught. The new racialized curriculum and materials focus almost exclusively on the oppressor-oppressed narrative and have created racial tensions among students and staff where none existed before. Now, here's what you need to look for in your schools, because they will not use uh, most of the buzzwords. Um, and we'll tell you what it actually looks like in your kids' schools, and you have to look for it because, and this is, you know, nobody covers up doing the right thing or a good thing. They know you're going to be mad about it, so they cover it up. But first, a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, which was designed in the kitchen of Chad and Eleanor Lawrence, the uh, folks who came up with Simply Safe, because their friend had their home broken into, and all the security systems they looked into were expensive and complicated, and the installation was crazy expensive. So they thought they could come up with something you could afford and would be simple to use, and they did, Simply Safe. And Simply Safe wins all kinds of this is the best security system around awards from a lot of different publications. Hey, Google it, look it up yourself. And it is simple to use. It's simple to order. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's going to take you just a couple of minutes to customize the system for your home. It'll come. You'll hook it up yourself. Nobody's going to come. You're going to hook it up yourself in about 30 minutes. It's real easy. And then you'll have highly trained security experts ready whenever you need them. Fire, burglary, medical emergency, or just setting up the system. They'll be there for you. Get the info at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You can learn about Simply Safe, customize your system. You get a free security camera for using that code because you know us. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. It's a 60 day risk free trial. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So, uh, long story short, if you hear that somebody's a racist, they almost certainly are not, which is just crazy because it provides cover for real racists. But anyway, back to this middle school teacher. Uh, during the fall 2020 semester, we were given our curriculum timeline on the Revolutionary War and the Civil War. I noticed the stories and books seem to focus almost exclusively on slavery and racism. These are appropriate topics that we've always taught, but the far- focus has become narrow, excluding many other aspects of our history. Then she talked about all the stuff that they've done on racism and, and slavery through the years, and it seems like a pretty good curriculum. 
Um, American history is now being retold exclusively from the perspective of oppressed people during the revolutionary period through the Civil War and also in the literature of the Civil Rights Movement. From my position in the classroom, it seemed that much of American history and literature was getting wiped out. Now, no one of these books standing alone would be problematic. It's the lack of diversity of perspective that's the problem. Uh, missing from the curriculum, she goes through all the great books that were vetted, but they've been removed from the classroom. Uh, House on Mango Street by Sandra Cisneros, James Baldwin's Go Tell It on the Mountain, Romeo and Juliet, essays by Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr., poetry by Maya Angelou, Robert Frost, and They Frank. removed Martin Luther King Jr.? Yes, yeah. Diary of Anne Frank, Knight, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, that's uh, all Holocaust stuff. Macbeth, Walt Whitman, Salem Witch Trials, The Crucible, all gone. So is this stuff because it doesn't doesn't fly in the modern world, or is it just, I read a good article yesterday about just the reality of you have so many hours in a day to teach stuff. Mm -hmm. If you put in critical race theory, some things have to leave. I mean, that's just a, you you can't argue with that. You're going to, so what things, even if you're in favor of critical race theory being taught in the schools, what stuff are you going to take out to fit that in? Is it going to be math? Is it going to be science? Is it going to be, what is it going to be? Well, in the case of this progressive district in Rhode Island, or uh, in, yeah, Rhode Island, the answer is virtually everything. Virtually everything. What she writes, what saddened me most is I would not be teaching the Holocaust any longer. Uh, which included one of the following, either Anne Frank, the boy in the striped pajamas, and depending on the reading level, Eli Weissel's Night. When I asked the school reading coach where all the Holocaust books were, she said, we do not teach the Holocaust because kids can't relate to the story. What? <laughs> kids can't relate to genocide, hate, discrimination, and prejudice? Of course they can, etc. Children would never learn about the evils of hatred during the Second World War. Why? What was it about the truth and perspective that seemed to escape us during the 2021 school year? Exactly why was all this great literature removed from our curriculum? Then, sometime around January 2021, hundreds of new leaflet-style booklets arrived, all poorly written, historically biased, inaccurate, and pushing a racial narrative. Um, then she mentions the books had weird covers and perplexed. I thought there might be a mistake. I asked a teacher leader what was going on. He looked jokingly at me and said, Comrade, we were told to remove all classroom sets of reading material in order to make room for the incoming set of books. I laughed, assuming it was a joke, but it was not a joke. This was real and happening in my school, in my classroom. They swept out virtually everything and said, you're now teaching this. And the thematic message in every book was clear. White Europeans were and are evil. And African-Americans were and are victimized by white oppressors. Woven into this new curriculum was a school-wide social push to focus on Black Lives Matter support groups and other social justice identity groups. And teachers were encouraged to participate in, quote, white educator affinity groups where we would be given essays on how not to be a white supremacist anymore. In hour four, we're going to have to get into that Raytheon stuff. It's uh, it's the corporate version of the critical race theory that stuff that's happening across the country. And similar to the school stuff, there are a whole bunch of people denying that it's happening. Right. Okay. Well, we'll read from you in hour four, uh, and they're not even denying that this is some of their own uh, language that they're teaching employees. But they say this is not this is any different than any other company does. Well, we'll see if you think it's different than what your company does. We'll get to that in hour four. Um, got an interesting thing about how uh, people are lying to you about bike lanes and how <laughs> and how much people want them or like them or use them. Right, which is pretty interesting. Um, what's the other thing I wanted to get to? Uh, boy, somebody in China uh, is infected with the bird flu and in the hospital, new bird flu. That's a little troubling. 
You know, I just had a, a quick idea. If you're an educator, especially because schools are the hotbed of this stuff, you need to get together with like-minded uh, folks right now and and decide what you're going to do when the goon squad comes for one of you. Because if you're alone and everybody else is melted back into the woodwork, afraid to speak up, um, you're going to be screwed. So I, I suggest you think it through now because it will come for you. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, there's a coffee company that's trying to be the, the, the Starbucks of the right politically. I don't assign politics to my beverages the way some people might. But uh, anyway, our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, totally pathetic. Tony Blinken, like his boss, Joe Biden, is sticking a kick me sign on Uncle Sam's back here. They should tell that rapporteur to pack his bags and head straight to China, where China is committing genocide against religious and ethnic minorities. Senator Tom Cotton saying Joe Biden's putting a kick me sign on Uncle Sam. Strong words. Uh, What is he talking about? A year after nationwide protests following George Floyd's murder, the State Department is formally inviting international human rights experts to examine racism in the United States. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says, quote, responsible nations must not shrink from scrutiny of their human rights record. Rather, they should acknowledge it with the intent to improve. So we're inviting the U.N. to come in and do a report on how racist we are. Joe's belief is, do you think what they're trying to do? Well, I got a couple of thoughts on this. First of all, Blinken has been hammering the Chinese on uh, on civil rights, on human rights for quite some time, as he he should. And uh, what I think he's doing is saying, all right, have the UN come in, investigate us. We'll we'll show you everything we got and how hard we're working on our problems and, and our entire history is trying to improve. And then, China, you're next. Let's go ahead and have the same report on you. Two problems with that. Number one, the Human Rights Commission, the UN Human Rights Commission, is a joke, which uh, frequently includes some of the most repressive, inhuman uh, regimes on the planet. And the second problem is China's going to say, no, we don't take outside interference. And it'll end right there. So all we're doing is giving a chance to, you know, Russia and China, who are actually on the Human Rights Commission right now, to come in and criticize us. I don't like the idea of um, inviting the U.N. in for any. I don't care what the U.N. thinks about anything that we do. I really don't. I really, I just do not care. Not if you're going to have, we went through the list earlier of of, uh, countries that are on or have been on the Human Rights Committee, and it's Russia and China and Saudi Arabia and Sudan and places Iran. like that. Yeah, yeah, so whatever. You know, if we could trust them to do an honest report, it's a great PR move because they'd come in and say, and, and uh, I would hope the American people would hear it, yeah, there's, you know, there are racial uh, problems and discomfort in some places, but yeah, the U.S. on uh, the global scale compared to every other country does fantastically well. If it was an honest report, that's what they would say. I got something really heavy here about uh, what it's like for the Uyghurs, but we've we've done too much heavy today. I'll I'll, p- I'll pivot to this in the final two minutes of this segment. Um, I don't know if it's happening where you live, but certainly on the West Coast, everywhere they're uh, 
if you've got a two-lane street running through your downtown, they take away one of the lanes and make it a bike lane. And almost nobody rides bikes, but you now have a one-lane street, so you have half as many lanes, so the traffic gets really crappy. And that's what's happening all over. Happened in the town I live in. It now takes so long to get across town. A lot of people who live on one end of town, you go to a different town nearby to shop rather than go to your own downtown because they made it so hard to get down there with all the traffic lanes. Intentionally, Uh, they wanted you to walk or take a bike. This is from the San Diego Union Tribune, but this could be anywhere in the United States where they're putting in these stupid bike lanes because they had a feel-good piece in the paper, as they always do about, good news, a new bike lane, and they show some happy people on a bicycle, and it's all positive stuff about the bike lane. And some people wrote letters to the San Diego Union Tribune. Your question and answer was so one-sided in this article. As a resident of North Park for 23-plus years, I know that most residents I talk to are against bike lanes, but your story didn't talk to one person or business being affected by this. Takes away all the parking spots, too. So not only is traffic crowded, fewer people are going to want to go to where your business are. You can't park anywhere. Instead, you interviewed the program manager like he's going to give you honest answers. The man wants to keep his job. He says they're going to they are going to add more blue zones on side streets and take away even more parking. You would hate to own a business on 30th Street knowing the city plans on using your business to study the effects of bike lanes. Somebody else wrote in, I wonder which took longer, the time your photographer had to wait before he could take a picture of two people actually using the bike lane, or the time he had to spend looking for a parking space before he could take the picture. Nice. (laughs) Yeah, we don't all like bike lanes as much as the city councils of these blue cities think we do. Yeah, yeah. And it's sad just to see the Union Tribune like the city council in San Diego go way left and go to hell, but it has. If you miss an hour, get it on the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.